facts, candid conversations, and some levity to lighten your day. This is The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. We are going to have an incredibly fun show today. I cannot wait to get rolling with this one. You're definitely going to want to call in and grab your spot in line, 888-914-9149. Why? Because it's Tuesday also. It's Valentine's Day, February the 14th, in case you didn't know, but you knew that. We're going to have some Tuesday trivia on modern relationships. Are you savvy to all the dating lingo that's going on? This is going to be a lot of fun. So 888-914-9149. 9149 is the number to call. You can also email the program. It's a great place to send show ideas, comments, questions. I try to get to them as much as possible. We definitely read every email. Kale at relevantradio.com. C-A-L-E at relevantradio.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Kale Clark. C-A-L-E Clark with an E. Show account is at Kale Clark Show. And maybe saw on Twitter or on social media that we're going to be talking about candy crushing. That's right. Remember those Sweethearts? Those I know other brands make them as well. There's one called Sweethearts, Valentine's Day Candy Hearts. And what do the messages on Candy Hearts? Because they change them. They change them up every year. What, what do they tell us about the state of modern love in the world? It's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, the ultimate love is found in God, divine love for humanity. I'm going to tell you how you can experience that as well. I haven't forgotten those of you who are single. Some of you have freely chosen celibacy for the kingdom. Some of you want to be married. Does Valentine's Day have anything to say to you? Well, yes, it does. Yes, it does. But I want to get started by talking about these candy hearts. This is such a cool story that I found. And I I, I don't know, Producer Jim, were, were you into, or were your parents into giving each other flowers, gifts, chocolate on Valentine's Day? <laughs> Well, my dad used to always say on Valentine's Day, yeah, I was going to get Shirley. That's my mom's name, Shirley. I was going to get Shirley tulips for Valentine's Day, but she already has them. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of your his dad, classics. Yeah, your, your dad is absolutely hysterical. I, I, I'm t- every single joke you've told me from your dad is just side-splitting. I love it. I love you it. You guys would get along famously. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> with, my, with my cheesy sense of humor for sure. Well, well, one thing, one thing I, I do appreciate about my wife, Trish, is that she does not buy into, nor does she want me to buy into the Valentine's Day hype. She thinks, Kale, it's a waste of money. Just wait till the flowers go on sale tomorrow. She, she's, you know, thankfully um, pretty unromantic in that sense. I remember one time I took her out for a steak dinner at a famous steakhouse. I'm not going to say the name. And we we're ordering off the menu. And then I noticed something really peculiar. I, I looked at the corner of the menu, Jim. I said, oh my goodness, this menu is glued on top of another menu. And this is a famous restaurant. I, if I told you this, I, I, I just, I'm not going to say who it is because I cannot believe this actually happened. They had a special Valentine's Day menu glued over top of their regular menu. And they jacked the prices up by 30% at least on the same stuff, the same items. And never again, we'll wait till the 15th to celebrate. <laughs> but the kind of things you can do when you're already married, right? So... Uh, but no, of course you should still be romantic with your spouses. I'm not saying that. And many people go with chocolate. That is arguably the confection of choice when it comes to Valentine's day. But don't, don't you have sweet memories? I know I do. I know I do. Don't you have sweet memories of giving people candy hearts when you're in grade school? I know I had, and, and I've told my wife about this. I, I had some 
some candy crushes of my own in grade one. Cindy, Lisa, if you're out there, um, yeah, I did, I did, I did have a thing for you. And I and I would give them not only I would write Valentine's cards, those cute little Valentine's cards that kids give each other, but also we would give each other these candy hearts with messages on them, those ubiquitous sweethearts. And there are other brands, but those are the ones that I liked the best. They were they were sweethearts, those chalky candies. And, and now now the sweetheart brand is owned by a company called the Spangler Candy Company, and they require. Believe it or not, careful planning. They edit the messages on these candy hearts from year to year. And they really do speak to the state of love and relationships in the world. Kim Severson, who's a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, actually, uh, writing for the New York Times, she, she decided to write about this. Uh, she wrote about candy hearts and the messages that are on them. And there, there are all kinds of candies that are, I don't know, for some, for some reason, candy corn is really making a comeback. It's because I, I don't like candy corn. It's okay. It's the kind of thing where somebody said on Twitter the other day, it's it's like when you get um, when you get jelly belly jelly beans, and I love jelly beans. I'm kind of like President Ronald Reagan in that sense. He used to have apparently a jar of jelly beans on his desk in the Oval Office. And I believe, if, if my memory serves me correctly, his favorite flavor was banana. So if you're a presidential historian, you can if you want to disabuse me of that notion, if I'm wrong, you can call in 888-914-9149. Scale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. If you, if you have a bag of Jelly Belly jelly beans, and there's there's all these incredible flavors like root beer, whatever. I, I always, you, you, there's like flavors that everybody hates, and you always save those. You eat around them. You sort of save those till the very end. But then when there's nothing left, you eat those anyway. You're just like, you know what? The buttered popcorn one actually isn't that bad. It's actually pretty good. But you're, you're trying to convince yourself of something that you know is not true. But somebody on Twitter the other day actually said that that was their favorite flavor. I'm like, get real. Come on. At any rate, so candy corn is, is making a comeback. You know, I'll eat it in a pinch on Halloween. If that's the only thing that people give me, of course, I'll eat it. But no, I'm not trick-or-treating. But I'm saying when I did, when I did. Or maybe I eat some of my daughters. But good clarification. Don't, don't tell her that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, producer Jim is telling me in my ear that it's good that I clarified that. Of course, we just got through Christmas, the candy cane. Everybody loves those. But this is Valentine's Day. We've got to talk about the conversation hearts, as they're technically known. And, and every, months before Valentine's Day rolls around, companies have to decide what the messages of that year are going to be, and they get rid of ones that are no longer in vogue, if you will. And apparently one, one message that used to be on on uh, Candy Hearts a couple for the last couple of years is, is on fleek, on fleek. I actually had to look this up. I've never heard about this. Apparently, if something is on fleek, it means it's extremely attractive or stylish, such as you could say, my hair is really on fleek today. And this actually stemmed from a Chicago teen named Kayla Newman. So, you know, it's like Seinfeld. Oh, Newman. Newman struck again here. Kayla Newman in 2014, she was using the the, vid, the social video service known as Vine. It's no longer functional. It's defunct now. But if you remember Vine, she posted a video on Vine on June the 21st, 2014. And she had just gotten her hair done and her eyebrows plucked. And she said, my eyebrows are on fleek. And that was all it took. This thing just went viral and that became a thing. I'd never heard of this before, but... So that's not fresh anymore. Had to be changed. You got to take that off the candy hearts. But you do have to come up with some 
charming phrases, uh, some something that's current, something that's inoffensive. Uh, of course, the classics never go out of style, like Kiss Me or Be Mine. And by the way, this all got started in 1902. I'll tell you a little bit more about this in just a second. There was a company in Boston uh, called the Neko Company, and they also make Neko wafers, which are like chalky, round little wafers that come in these cylindrical packages. I don't know if you know those ones as well, but it's kind of the same. I mean, really, the, the candy hearts are basically the same stuff. But things change over time. For example, call me used to be a message on one of the sweethearts. But then it became fax me. Send me a fax. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that, that, that was no longer cool. It eventually became page me and then email me. And now it is text me. I, I suppose they should have DM me as well. But at any rate, this is how these candy hearts are a barometer of what's going on in relationships in America every single year. You're listening to The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Well, in 2023, the Spangler Candy Company that makes the Sweethearts line of, of candy hearts, th this is the theme that they went with this year. And, and I, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with this or not, but I don't think I do, actually. It's an animal hearts theme. It's an animal hearts theme. So some of the sweethearts say, big dog, hey, big dog. Uh, love birds, perfect. Uh, why, why do they go with the animal theme? Well, it's because during the pandemic, a lot of people acquired pets who they were simply in love with, fur babies. I, I saw a, an older couple walking a dog down the street the other day and i said oh is this, is this a new dog no no this is this is my son's dog it's his fur baby okay so people and i've seen i've seen people walking little dogs in strollers we've all seen this where people baby their their dogs and, and I'm, a, I'm a i'm a dog owner a dog lover and I, I think this is reprehensible but at any rate that that's the theme that they've that they've chosen for 2023 i don't, I don't think it's a good one now during the pandemic they went with sort of this positive theme so they would produce these candy hearts that said, fear less, fear less, you know, have confidence. Uh, you the best, you the best, man. All right. So at any rate, the, the pet theme, one of the reasons why they went for this, that the, the New York Times interviewed um, an author of, of books on, on love and the brain, Helen Fisher. And, and she said that people are looking not only for romantic love now, but they're also looking for deep long-term attachment. I guess pets, people get attached to their pets. So that, 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 that kind of fits with what people are looking for. They're looking for stability of some sort. But at any rate, uh, I'm, I'm kind of a Gen X guy. And if you're a Gen X person, you, you might be in this camp too. Apparently, Generation X households with children are by far the biggest purchasers of these candy hearts. Because Valentine's Day sweets are apparently, they only make up 3% of all candy sales during the year. Well, I thought it'd be actually higher considering how much candy goes around on Valentine's Day, but but apparently millennial homes and Generation X households that have kids are huge purchasers of these sugar candies. Not so much the chocolate, but these these sweethearts. And so they're already working on on what the theme is going to be for next year. I, I don't I don't know what, what it is, but I think they should call Rich Pie who's our vice president of marketing at Relevant Radio, Rich Pazinski. I think Rich will have some, some really good ideas on this. They should, they should call that guy. He's really good at marketing. 
Let me tell you about the uh, the history of the candy heart, by the way. It actually was born out of lozenges, like cough drops. And in the mid-1800s, they actually sold lozenges, which are essentially medicated candies for people's sore throats. And they were you know, coughing, as many people are right now at this time of year. Back then, though, in the, in the mid-1800s, some of these lozenges actually had morphine and heroin. Morphine and heroin. Can you believe that? Yeah, yeah, Doc. I still got that sore throat. You know, I, I need some more lozenges. The, uh, Tim, this is your eighth bag this week. Yeah, it's kind of like when Coca-Cola actually had cocaine in it. That was not a good idea. Not a good idea. But that, that's, that's what lozenges are all about. But there was a guy in Boston, and apparently... Boston was kind of the, the hub of the candy industry at one point. In the year 1847, there was a Boston pharmacist, and his name was Oliver Chase. He invented a machine. He was making lozenges, and he was like, I, the process we have stinks. So he made this stamping machine that would stamp out the shape of these lozenges. And then he was like, wait a minute, we could actually use this for candy as well. So that's when he created this new company, which was called the New England Confectionery Company, or NECO for short, N-E-C-C-O. Maybe you've heard of them. Those NECO candies I was mentioning earlier. So that's that's really where this all started. And his brother, Oliver Chase's brother, started using a red vegetable dye to stamp words onto the candy. And, and they, they made more than simply heart shapes. They, they used to make baseball candies, um, all kinds of shapes like footballs, whatever, kites, and they would have messages on them like, how long shall I have to wait? Please be considerate. Or, mother knows I'm out. She knows I'm out. She knows I'm out playing baseball. It's fine. There's, an, there's another one that these, another message on these candies. Married in pink, he will take to drink. I have no idea what that means. This is why they need to change them. Married in, what does that mean? He was wearing a pink tuxedo. Married in pink, he will take to drink. Okay, don't do that. And so in 1902, that's when they created the Sweethearts, the Candy Hearts. And the recipe has remained unchanged throughout the, uh, the decades since. It's about 90% sugar with just a little corn syrup and some glycerin. And they used to have in the beginning, they had other flavors like clove. I, I like clove. I, like, I think it's a good flavor. Sassafras, whatever that. I don't, even, I don't know what sassafras is. I, I've told people, you have a lot of sassafras, you know that? But uh, anyway, so, so they, they had all kinds of different fruit flavors and, and wintergreen. That was like a really popular flavor for these candy hearts. In fact, when they took away wintergreen a couple years ago, it was a disaster. In 2010, Necco changed the formula. It was kind of like when New Coke, that's what the New York Times says, it's kind of like when New, New Coke was introduced. People, some people liked it, but most people revolted. They actually replaced the wintergreen hearts with blue raspberry, and, and it just they just bombed. They just did not sell well. So anyway, so Necco was really, they, they really created the candy heart. But then the, the Brock's Candy Company uh, jumped in on the action in the 1950s. And some people think theirs are the best now. And they used to create uh, plastic boats in the 1950s that were filled with hearts that were called friendships. Get it? Friendships. Um, so they, they were a little bit more edgy with their, with their love heart candies in, in 2021 during the height of the pandemic. They had a, a line called Wisecracks and the Conversation Hearts. You know, so this was not what you would give to, to uh, you know, somebody you liked. Um, these hearts would say things like, nope, for never. Forget about forever. For never. I will never, ever get in a relationship with you. So apparently this year they're doing um, 
slogans from the sitcom Friends. Uh, there's one called Moo Point. I've never seen Friends. I got—I must be the only guy on the planet who never watched Friends, but I was not into that. So, the, also, by the way, I, I know I'm getting deep in the weeds here, but uh, there will be an application to the faith here. Just hang with me. You're listening to The Kale Clark Show, 888-914-9149. But the Brock's versions of these candy hearts are actually printed with lasers. They're not stamped. I, I kind of like the old school, the stamps, but theirs are laser printed with, you know, some of them will say bay. You know, that's that means before anyone else, B-A-E. Or it, it, some people think it's short for babe. Maybe it is. I don't know. That that extra letter was just, just made the word way too long. That four-letter word had to become a three-letter word. Get rid of that B, that second B. So anyway, so they're laser printed. So if you get those, they come from the company known as Brock's. So people either love those ones or they hate them. Some people like the traditional sweethearts. And Brock's actually, they have 60% of the conversation heart market, in case you're wondering. So I don't know. I, what, what do you think? My question for you is, what do you think would be some good Catholic messages for these conversation hearts? So let me know what you think. What, what, what would you put on these conversation hearts? So be, be creative. Don't, don't say, you know, Jesus loves you. Yeah, that's too easy. 888-914-9149. I'm just curious to see if you can come up with something. But at any rate... That's what's going on here. This is uh, this is Candy Hearts. Maybe you got some today. Although there is a, a food blogger um, who writes about these things named Mike Pomeranz. And apparently he said, you know what? I've yet to hear of an actual couple in real life that started off with, you know, one one person giving the other uh, a Candy Heart that says, I'm crazy for you with the, with the, the number four and the letter U. I'm crazy for you. Hey, if it's going to be a real relationship, you got to start with something way more solid, way more. You got to give them like a whole three musketeers chocolate bar. That's that's love. That that's really true. It's like Halloween when you give out the full size chocolate bars, like everybody comes to your house. So yeah, you got to go for the the solid chocolate there. You got to go for the candy bar. So anyways, sweet memories of childhood, and I I just thought you'd be interested to know that they change the messages every year based on the state of romantic love. I don't know. Well, the, the best love, of course, is the love of God. We're going to talk about that after the break. But we are going to do some Tuesday trivia. I want to see if you're up to speed. I, I know that I learned a lot from this. Are you up to speed on what's going on in modern love dating on this Valentine's Day? We're going to do some Tuesday trivia coming up after the break. And what if you don't have that special someone? What if that's by choice? If you've embraced celibacy for the king, does Valentine's Day have anything to say to you? Yes, it does. 888-914-9149. Kale Clark Show, only on Relevant Radio. Be right back. Faith, facts, and fun. It's the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Uh, you know this song? Hall and Oates. Remember there was Daryl Hall and there was John Oates with the mustache? It was kind of like Cyrus once posted a, a picture of them and said it's, it was me and Patrick Madrid. We were in a band together. That's not actually true. But this is a great song. Method of Modern Love. You know this one. Method of modern love. All right, all right, enough karaoke for now. But hey, I want to I want to quiz you on this. Are you into the methods of modern love? Are you do you know your modern dating terms? Now maybe you're off the market. Maybe you're married and happily so, and that's that's fantastic. But 
you got to know what the kids are doing these days. And, and I, 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 I was, was really educated by this. So we're going to do a quiz. We're going to do a quiz. How well do you know your modern dating terms on this Valentine's Day? It's part of our Trivia Tuesday segment on the Kale Clark Show. You don't know what the questions are. There's no way you can prepare for this. But if you want to play this game, call in now, 888-914-9149. But I did ask you before the break, we talked about the history of candy hearts and how the messages on them change with the times. You got to roll with what's relevant, no pun intended, here on Relevant Radio. And I asked you, what, hey, what, what, would, what would a good Catholic candy heart say? So let's go to Eddie in Fort Myers, Florida. Hi, Eddie. Hi, how are you? Thanks for taking the call. You got it. Uh, what came to my, what came to mind instantly was choose life. Love it, love it. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. Yeah, pro life candy hearts would be amazing. That would be that would be great. Uh, that's that's a, a super suggestion, Eddie. God bless you, man. Thanks for calling in, and happy Valentine's Day to you. That, that is great. Perfect, perfect choice Thanks. there. You got it. All right, let, let's go to Ron in Modesto, California. And Ron, do you have the Modesto manifesto for me? <laughs> well, um, you know, my my call is actually pertaining more to Valentine's Day than it uh-huh. is to the Candy Hearts. Sure, but sure. I, yeah. um, I this morning I was lamenting the fact that uh, my messages to my wife, uh, we were. By the way, we were engaged on Valentine's Day 39 years ago. Oh, wow. And uh, in the last few months, my messages to her uh, have turned away from the joyful, loving expressions. Uh, And today I thought, well, let me go out and find something special for her for Valentine's Day. So I Mm -hmm. uh, realized that she... Uh, she really loves earrings, and and I went to uh, a Christian thrift thrift store actually, mm-hmm. looking for earrings that were small hearts. And I walked in and asked, and the the, the lady said, "Yes, I have." <laughs> and uh, so they were tiny hearts, and they were um, pink, and they're on silver. And so I thought, well, "What a special gift!" Well, when mm-hmm. I got home, uh, my wife is. At, at work right now. When I got home, I uh, set this small jewelry box down, mm-hmm. and I intend to give it to her after she comes home, mm-hmm. uh, and I have misplaced the jewelry box. Oh, no. And the Lord immediately, I thought, I, I got the message, you have misplaced something much more valuable than those earrings. Mm. And it's the loving expression that I really, uh, we need to have loving expressions, not just mm. on Valentine's Day, but let our expressions to our spice, our spouses, <laughs> yeah. be, uh, just be real. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I think, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you there, Ron, and yeah. And, and if she if she is listening to Relevant Radio at work, she knows that you've misplaced the earrings, but hopefully... You got to pray to St. Anthony. Hopefully, you'll find those too. But yes, go with those loving uh, expressions and 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 that spice. Yes, we do need to bring the spice back into our marriages as well. But but uh, I hope you can do that. Yeah, that just just being real with your spouse and I, I like that. I hope you guys can can get connected on that. That that that'd be great. Okay, let's go to Genevieve in Lincoln, California. Hi, Genevieve. Hi. 
Um, thank you for taking my call. I was just calling in about the candy heart. Yeah. Um, and actually what I did for my children this morning is I got a bunch of uh, little or big shaped hearts and mm-hmm. I wrote on them and put them on, take them to their door. But what I put on the hearts were just things that I've been learning throughout the year or throughout my <laughs> years mm-hmm, of um, mm-hmm. getting closer to God. But I put... Um, you are loved, you are righteous, you are joy, you are mm. a saint, so things like that. So I love that. instead of me, you know, they know they know I love them, right? <laughs> but yeah. so I put things that are more towards God, letting them know that they're worthy. So those are the words that I put on the hearts and taped on the door this morning. I, I love that, Genevieve, because I, I'm a big believer in words of affirmation. And that, that's one of the five love languages, I think. I could be mistaken, but there's this guy named Gary Chapman, who wrote a book called The Five Love Languages, and he talks about how he's made this whole franchise out of it. There's the five love languages for children. There's, you know, there's, a whole, there's all these permutations of this thing. But everybody has their, their love language. For some, it's acts of service. For some, it's physical touch. For some, it's gifts, giving gifts. For some, it's, I forget what the other ones are, but somebody's going to remember them. A-log, I'm sure you know what they are. Just just put them uh, in on my computer screen so I can read them out. But I'm just, you know, my, my, my brain is zonking out right now, but I think that's really important, especially for kids to get those words of affirmation and that they understand how valuable and precious they are in God's sight. And we all are, we all are absolutely. So maybe on a candy heart, there's not enough room for a whole scripture verse, but maybe at least the quote, you know, like Proverbs three, five or something like that, uh, that could really work. So I I love that idea. I, I think that's absolutely incredible. All right, let's go to Leslie in Ventura, California, on the Ventura Highway, like they sang about. What, what, what would you put on candy, Leslie? I would put share on one side and then RR, and then they can decide <laughs> what it stands for. And um, maybe on the other side, it could be Romans or Revelations, but I would put relevant radio. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Put relevant radio on a candy heart. Share on one side and then RR on the other. <laughs> that is music to our ears, Leslie. That, that's a great suggestion, Leslie in Ventura, California. Thank you for that. And happy Valentine's Day. By the way, our crack researcher, Patrick Alock, he has told me what the five love languages are. Shame on me for not remembering all of them. Physical touch, words of affirmation, acts of service. Hey, doing the laundry for your spouse, that could be the most romantic thing you'll ever do. Quality time, receiving and giving gifts. Quality time, I had, I had forgotten that one. And so, yeah, some people, they just, they just love that quality time. That's so, so important. Uh, they don't need yours as much as they need you. And uh, it's, it's very much like Martha and Mary. You have to combine those two, the active and the contemplative life. But as Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet, you know, that's Basically what Jesus was saying to Martha, I don't need yours. You're running around doing all that stuff, and it's important. It needs to be done, but I don't need yours as much as I need you. You in my presence, just soaking up my wisdom, my teaching. That's what it's all about. And so hopefully we can carve out some time for prayer with the one who loves us on this Valentine's Day. You're listening to The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. We're having a fun time today. And I got to give you this quiz now. It's quiz time. And I don't know, do we, do we have some quiz music, Producer Jim, some Jeopardy music? I know, I don't know. See if we can find something. But we don't need music. We don't need music because uh, we can... Yeah, there you go. That's, that's great. That's good stuff. I feel like I'm on a 70s game show. How well do you know your modern dating terms? Okay, so 
This has to do with vocabulary, the slang, the lingo. What are people saying? All right, so I'm going to give you some questions here, and you can call and this is you can just say which question you want to answer, okay? Question number one. When someone keeps sending flirty messages but never actually plans to meet up, it's called what? And here are your choices. It's called baiting, baiting, breadcrumbing, love bombing, or giving fumes, not fragrance. Okay, so when somebody keeps sending flirty messages to you, this is obviously while you're still dating, but never actually plans to meet up. It's called baiting, breadcrumbing, love bombing, or giving fumes, not fragrance. Okay, so that's question number one. If you think you know the answer, you just want to take a guess. 888 right, number two. Question number two. When someone keeps a romantic prospect around as a second option, nobody wants that. Nobody wants to be a second banana. When someone keeps a romantic prospect around as a second option, it's called it's called either A, backpocketing, B, stashing, <laughs> C, cookie jarring, cookie jarring, or D, benching. All right, so when someone keeps a romantic prospect around as a second option, it's called A, backpocketing, B, stashing, C, cookie jarring, or D, benching. All right. Do one more, and then we'll take some of your calls. Question number three, and you can answer any question you want, okay? When a person gets rid of anything that reminds them of a past relationship, when a person gets rid of anything that reminds them of a past relationship, it's called A, Marie Kondoing. <laughs> I'm going to have a lot to say about Marie Kondo in a future episode, believe me. Uh, the joy of cleaning up. I don't know how happy that really is when you're doing it, but it does make you feel better afterwards. If you're getting rid of stuff that reminds you of a past relationship, is it called A, Marie Kondoing, B, saging the space? Saging the space. Kind of like Kyrie Irving used to. Kyrie Irving used to sage the, the, the court at the Barclays Center before he was traded from the Brooklyn Nets. Scrubbing. Option C is scrubbing. And option number D is cobwebbing. Cobwebbing. All right. Okay. What do you think, producer Jim? Let's go. Let's go to question number one. We have to. We have to put people out of their their misery here. When someone keeps sending flirty messages but never actually plans to meet up, is it called baiting, breadcrumbing, love bombing, or giving fumes, not fragrance? What do you say, Jim? <laughs> oh, I'm so bad at this. Uh, let's go with D. You're right. right. You're right. You're right. It's it's called breadcrumbing. When someone consistently checks in with a, with a romantic prospect and dangles the possibility of a date, keeps them interested, but never really follows through with what they really want, a relationship, it's called breadcrumbing. Just leaving that trail of breadcrumbs, enough to keep you keep you on the hunt, but oh, it's so cruel. All right, uh, question two. When somebody keeps a romantic prospect around as a second option, heaven forbid, it's called... A, backpocketing, B, stashing, C, cookie jarring, or D, benching. What do you think, Jim? I'll go with A, backpocketing. Backpocketing. That is incorrect, my friend. It's actually cookie jarring. Cookie jarring. When you seek a relationship with someone else as a backup plan, just as you might reach for a cookie when you want an instant treat, 
Someone who is cookie jarring pursues their backup person when the one they actually want is not available or has rejected them. All right, so that, that's sad, but... All right, question number three. When a person gets rid of anything that reminds them of a past relationship, is it called Marie Kondoing, saging the space, scrubbing, or cobwebbing? Jim? Uh, let's go with B. Saging the space? Yeah. Um, it's just a ge- multiple guess, you know? <laughs> smoke gets in your eyes, Jim, but you're, you're, you're wrong. It's actually cobwebbing. Cobwebbing. Uh-huh. You so, go. you know, the cobwebs, you know, in the attic kind of thing. This is this is when you purge any mementos from previous relationships. An old sweater, a photo, perhaps a framed photo, or, or even a, a text thread. You just delete that. You want to move on. Move on to your new life. All right, so three more questions. Yeah, let's get let's bring A-Log in here. I, f- I feel like I'm putting too much pressure on you, Jim. So let's see, let's see how much A-Log knows about the modern dating scene. Yeah, let's do it. All right, Come all right. Come on in here, Patrick. Patrick, come on in. You're on the hot seat. All right, Patrick. When someone continues to like or view another person's social media after they've cut ties, after they've broken up, it's called A, orbiting, B, haunting, C, cybergawking, or D, stalking in plain sight. Can you repeat it one more time, please, the question? Okay, so I'll repeat the question. I'll give you more time because I know you're, you're nervous. Your, your palms are getting sweaty here. When someone continues to like or view another person's social media feeds after they've cut ties, after they've broken up, it's called A, orbiting, B, haunting, C, cyber gawking, or D, stalking in plain sight. My initial uh, answer, my my initial thought was D, stalking, but I'm going to go with A, orbiting. You're correct, my friend. Okay. Uh, that's uh, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, it's called orbiting. When someone has cut off communication with a person or they have made it clear they are not interested in pursuing a relationship, but they continue to interact with that person on social media, usually through viewing their feeds, giving them likes, it's called orbiting. I'm, I'm sure none of us have done that. I've never done that. I can I can honestly say I've never done that. Hey, when it's over, it's over. But you know, I'm married now. I'm, I'm no more of that. Okay. So this this also applies, by the way, to the practice of observing potential love interests on social media without actually initiating contact. Hmm. So like, if you get somebody saying, oh, "Why does somebody keep liking my my Twitter post, but they or my Facebook, you know, images that I'm posting up my my Instagram stories?" I'm not on Instagram, but 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 they never actually like. They never get in touch with you, but they're just like, oh, man, I love this. I like it. Okay, but they're, they're orbiting. So just be aware of that. Like like weather balloons are orbiting us all the time, apparently, and doing stuff. I don't know. All right, so a couple more questions, Patrick. Hold You're on, not off the hook here. yet. Okay. All right, Patrick. When someone announces a new relationship on social media without identifying with whom they are in a relationship, it's called what? A, saving the date. B, love bombing. C, soft launching. Or D, coying. I think Patrick had to step out and answer yeah, the call. Could, so, so could, yeah, yeah. Could you ask it one more time, Kale, please? Okay, all right. So when somebody announces a new relationship on social media but doesn't identify who they're in a relationship with, it's called saving the date, or is it called love bombing, or soft launching, or is it called just coying? Coying. I know it's not A, saving the date's like for a wedding and stuff. Yeah, uh, I think it's D, coin. You are wrong. It's actually soft launching. Oh, <laughs> so what this is is that when you post a video of you and your new partner, 
but you, you hide their identity. So, for example, you might you might share a photo of, of your hands holding or something, but you don't show their face, or maybe you put like a happy face emoji over their face or something if, like that. If, if I'm gonna do that, I'm just gonna show the whole picture. I'm not gonna soft launch. Yeah, no soft launch. That that is. Uh, what are you trying to build up here? Like, I don't know. Anyways, just 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 don't be ashamed of it. Okay. All right. So, last question. When someone is extraordinarily charming, and you would you would know what this is like, Patrick. When someone yeah, is sure. ex- when someone is extraordinarily charming, they have a twist. This is what the kids are saying these days. They have a twist. B salve. C riz. Or D lucky charms. When you're extraordinarily charming, you have either twist, salve, riz, or lucky charms. What do you think it is? B salve. You are correct. No, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. Oh. I, I was so ready for that to be the right answer. No, it's actually Riz. Ah. Oh. It has oh. nothing to do with Anthony Rizzo. He used to play for the Cubs. Now he plays for the Yankees. Hey, Riz. No, it's 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 actually sh- Riz is short for charisma. Oh. Okay. Ah, I like that, eh? Yeah. You got a lot of Riz, man. Okay, so th- this is this is a Gen Z thing, apparently. So. Oh. Yeah, I'm, ri- I guess I'm not that now. Riz no has two, wonder. or I don't think I have a one. <laughs> <laughs> Riz has two Z's in it, so that makes sense. So Gen Z loves that word Riz, and it can mean either having an engaging personality or having an unspoken allure that others simply cannot resist. I'm sure so, all the three of us here have that. We, we, in spades, wouldn't you agree, <laughs> listeners? Uh, we're gonna get lots of lots of angry calls about this. All right, okay. So that that there it is. That was the quiz. How well do you know your modern dating terms? And uh, thanks to the New York Times for passing on that quiz to me, and uh, I passed it on to you. And really mixed results, but I'll tell you what, uh, we've got you covered. Got to take a quick break right now on the Kale Clark Show, but we'll have much more. What about what about those who are single? You've chosen celibacy for the kingdom, or maybe you'd like to be married, but you're not. Does Valentine's Day have anything to say to you? It certainly does. We'll be right back after the break on the Kale Clark Show. 888-914-9149. BRB. That's another cool saying, I think. and how you can live it and share it too. It's the Kale Clark Show. Have a question? Give Kale a call at 888-914-9149. Welcome back to the program on this Valentine's Day. We were talking earlier about the five love languages. One of them is giving and receiving gifts. Well, you guys gave us a lot of gifts last week during our winter pledge drive, which was called Give from the Heart. Great theme for the month that includes Valentine's Day, obviously. And you guys really did. You came through... We met our target and then some. So from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. And if you wanted to give but didn't have a chance to for whatever reason, maybe you're away or, or just things came up, you can still donate uh, and make a tax-deductible donation by going to relevantradio.com or the Relevant Radio app. And I think the phone number might still be active too, 877-291-0123. Here's another number, 888 That's our studio line, 888 Nine one four nine and Lent, folks, is coming up fast. Uh, pun intended. There, next week, next Wednesday, it's Ash Wednesday, and you can elevate your Lent this year in just two minutes a day with Father Rocky's Lenten lessons on the Mass. We do this every Lent, and this year's version is packed with even more interesting facts that'll help you learn more about the Mass and about your faith. They're bite-sized videos. They'll be sent to you in your inbox, and they had over a million views last year, if you can believe that. So you can sign up 
by going to relevantradio.com slash Lent, relevantradio.com slash Lent. It's free to sign up for Father Rocky's Lenten lessons on the Mass. Well, obviously we've been talking a little bit about marriage, about uh, dating and all that stuff, candy hearts, <laughs> all kinds of fun things. We had a great trivia quiz in the last segment. If you missed it, check the podcast. should be up in about 15 or 20 minutes after the show ends. But you might be asking, maybe maybe you're single listening, and maybe you're, you're someone who's chosen, freely chosen celibacy for the sake of the kingdom. And you're thinking, what does Valentine's Day have to say to me? We know what the scripture says about marriage. And of course, the Bible famously begins with a wedding of Adam and Eve, the book of Genesis. And on the Faith Explained tomorrow, we'll have a, a nice little segment on Genesis from the readings, the Mass readings tomorrow, which as you probably know, if you've been attending daily Mass, been going through the early chapters of Genesis, intriguing stuff. But in Genesis, obviously, there's the marriage of Adam and Eve. And of course, the Bible ends in the book of Revelation with the marriage and eternity of Christ and his church. And so what about those who are dealing with celibacy, whether by choice or maybe not by choice? You're looking at maybe your friends, family members who are married, and this is a, this is a godly expression of the gift of sexuality within the sanctuary of marriage, the sacrament. And obviously this has a, an eternal reference point. It's, it's marriage and the family are supposed to point to the eternal marriage of Christ in the church. And so... The family is like, it's a little seminary, it's, 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 a, it's a domestic church, it's also uh, really an, an icon of the Trinity in certain ways. As Scott Hahn likes to say, and he loves his puns too, the two become one so much so that in nine months you might have to give that one a name. You know, their love can be named. A child can be conceived and born into the world, and then what? There are three persons in one family, and of course, you can have more children, but... You get, you, get the, you get the gist of this, that this is the God who is family, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And so perfect community in God, perfect family in God, if you will. The Holy Spirit being the very bond of love between the Father and the Son, which is personal, the person of the Holy Spirit. So what, what about those who aren't married? Should they walk around somehow dissatisfied? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. God has an incredible plan uh, for their lives as well. And if you're in that boat, uh, you need to hear me here because this can be also an incredible way to tell people about God, about eternity in the way that we live. Now, you might recall a, a certain incident that happened in the career of Jesus when he went up against the Sadducees. And they're so sad, you see. And they were sad for a lot of reasons. <laughs> they, they did not believe in the afterlife. They didn't believe in heaven. They didn't believe in hell. They believed in a sort of an, an annihilation after you're dead. They didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. So they, they knew that Jesus did, and they, they took umbrage with him on this. They took issue with him on this. And Jesus was much closer to the view of the Pharisees, because the Pharisees, like St. Paul, certainly believed in the resurrection of the body, as we do too, of course, in the Catholic Church, part of the creed. And they came up to him, and one of the places you can find this is in Matthew chapter 22. So if you do have your Bible with you or a Bible app, you can certainly look that up if you would like. But this is in Matthew chapter 22, verses 24 to 28. They came up to Jesus and said, Teacher, Moses said, If a man dies having no children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers among us. 
The first married and died, and having no offspring, he left his wife to his brother. So too the second and third down to the seventh. After them all, the woman herself died. In the resurrection, therefore, of the seven, whose wife will she be? Now, you can just imagine them kind of high-fiving each other. We got him, gotcha. They thought they'd really stumped Jesus. All right, so what are, what are they talking about here? Now, this is sort of a hypothetical situation, but some people think that it might have echoes of uh, the seven brothers who are martyred in the, in the book of Maccabees. That, it might have some reference to that. But there was a practice in ancient Israel called Leverite marriage. And, and on the Faith Explained show right now at 1230 Central or check the podcast, we're going through the book of Exodus. So it's really crucial for understanding setting the table for life in Israel, which sets the table, obviously, for the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And they had this practice, the ancient Hebrews, it's not done today, it's called Leverite marriage. And so if you died and you did not have children, you left your, your, your wife a, as a widow, what would happen? If you had brothers, if you had a brother, that brother had to marry your, your wife, you know, who is now a widow. Why? Because if you died in, in, the, in, in the ancient world without having children, without having heirs, that was a grade A disaster. That, that, that's the real reason why, why they did this. Because blessing, inheritance, an ongoing place in the people of God, in the beautiful land of Israel, all of this kind of depends on having heirs. And so they, they give Jesus this hypothetical situation about this woman and I got a bad luck to be married to her. Everything, every, every, everyone she touches dies. So she's married to one brother. He dies. Second brother marries her. No children. He dies too. This is like the kiss of the spider woman, I guess. But it, at any rate, um, they, they think this is a nonsensical situation. They think by, by giving him, what about this, Jesus? They tried to what about Jesus, essentially. And they thought, ha, there's, there is no resurrection. You, this is simply not a real thing. And so how does Jesus... Um, deal with this? How does he respond to this? They think they've got him sort of in a headlock. They're kind of nooging him. They think, you know, no, 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 not the case at all. You can't give God, as one writer says, a thought experiment that he's never thought of before. Okay, you're not going to be able to pull the wool over God's eyes. And so Jesus says this, you are wrong wrong. You know, Matthew 22, verse 29. So, so much for, oh, Jesus, a lot of people run around saying, Jesus would never tell me I'm wrong. He would always validate what I'm thinking or feeling. No, he says, you are wrong because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. Now, that really kind of, that's really kind of twisting the knife on Jesus' part because the Sadducees kind of fancied themselves as Bible scholars extraordinaire. But here's the thing. They only believed in the books of Moses. They only believed in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. They didn't believe in the prophets, the writings, any of the other stuff. And so Jesus knows this. And this is, this is a good thing for us to keep in mind, too. He does, there's other verses in the Old Testament that are way more clear on the resurrection. For example, in Daniel chapter 12, it says, Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. But those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. So, but he doesn't use that. There's some other verses he could have used as well. But Jesus knows they only believe in the first five books of the Bible. So he meets them on their terms. And he convinces them, or tries to convince them, using 
the writings of Moses. So Jesus says this, in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but they are like the angels in heaven. Now, it doesn't say that they are angels. We don't become angels in the afterlife. He says they are like angels in heaven. We're going to see how in just a second. Jesus continues, and as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was said to you by God? I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living and when the crowd heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. So there is going to be a resurrection. Now, how, how does he, a lot of people ask the question, how did Jesus prove this by simply saying, hey, he's the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob? So everybody believed that the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, were with God somewhere. They, they, were, they didn't just stop existing. So if he's the God of the living, if he's the God of the living, he's got to bring their bodies back as well as their souls. Otherwise, death somehow has the last word here. And that can't be true when it comes to God. And so, anyway, so, so Jesus rebukes this idea. But, but he also says, in, in saying this, he's basically saying that in heaven there is no marriage. They will no longer marry or be given in marriage. Marriage is only for this life. So what, what's the point he's making here? He says there is going to be a resurrection, but marriage is only for this time. There's only one marriage in heaven. Christ and his church. Now, some people, when they hear when they hear this, there's no marriage in heaven, they say, yay! <laughs> and, you know, if their marriage isn't going well, and, I, and that's sad if that's the case, and I pray that that's, that that's not the case. But other people are, are in tears. They say, oh, am I ever going to see my spouse again? Well, if you're both in heaven, you'll be closer than you've ever been before in Christ, uh, together as uh, with our Lord, uh, the life of the Trinity in heaven. I don't know exactly what that's going to be like. St. Paul says, no eye is seen, nor has it even entered into the mind of human beings what God has prepared for those who love him. So what, what's the point of this? We're all going to be celibate in the afterlife. So those who are celibate now, it's kind of like, as one writer says, they're skipping the sign of marriage. They're skipping the sign to live the life of eternity now in time. And that makes people uncomfortable. That's, that's why I think a lot of people are down on celibacy, especially a priestly celibacy, but other, other celibacies for the kingdom as well, because lay people can, can have this gift as well. And it makes people uncomfortable because it speaks to the fact that this world is not all that there is. There is eternity. There is the afterlife. We got to get with that. So, so your life has meaning. Absolutely. hundred percent. So if you're in that boat, uh, take heart with that. This is Kale Clark. Happy Valentine's Day. Jim Schaefer produced Patrick Hale took your phone calls. See you tomorrow. Take it away, Michaela. Thank you for listening to my daddy.